with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Welcome to another episode of the Jewish Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist. And as you know, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to talk about the headlines and trends that we are all concerned about in finding common ground to solve solutions and to enjoy our lives. I have some really big news before we start the show. 2023 is going to be a banner year for the Jewess Patriot. We are getting picked up by more stations and we are going to be featuring more cultural activities, events, and trends that you have requested. I'm so happy you've all been enjoying the food uh, discussions we've had and they're going to extend and we're going to be doing live events at restaurants. We are going to be doing demonstrations, and we are going to feature the best of Jewish food and non-Jewish food for a kosher audience and a non-kosher audience that we could actually enjoy and learn from. One of the best ways we learn about each other is through the foods we eat. We also are going to be discussing Fashion Week upcoming. We're going to be having a huge event coming up in New York. The Jewess Patriot is co-sponsoring an event, so stay tuned. But before we get into all the fun, we have a lot of serious discussion. So join me in my opening, my pearls of wisdom, because I am Zisel Peril. Peril means pearls in Yiddish. Our guests today are focusing on a very serious topic that really impacts voters from every single political party and anybody who votes in a primary in a local, state, and national elections. If you think 2023 is not an important year to get involved, then you are sadly mistaken. It is the most important time to get involved. As we watched during last week's um, debates on the floor until we had 15 votes, until we had a speaker, we actually saw something very unique. We saw challenges. We saw people frustrated and trying to make a difference. And I personally think that although, like many of you, I was frustrated by what was going on and getting uh, a lot of fake news and opinion from the left, I think this was wonderful because we all know behind the scenes, the Democrats are not as united as Republicans, but they just don't show it. The fact that we showed it shows that we are a stronger unified base, and that we welcome common sense people to join us, independents, even progressives that are very happy to see some of the things going on because they're tired of the status quo. Let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to discuss today. You know, we keep hearing that Republicans cry foul 
when it comes to voter integrity and about ballot harvesting and early mail-ins and dead people voting. But in New York, we had a situation with not one, but two assembly seats with voter fraud that went as far as multiple lawsuits from Democrats. You know what we can call Democrats? Hogs and pigs. They already have the supermajority in Albany. And their policies are making New York the state where more people are leaving than anywhere else. I can tell you personally, this month alone, I have five friends moving to Tennessee. That should tell you everything about their policies. But you're going to meet two people who ran as Republicans. These weren't Republicans that were MAGA Republicans or, you know, Republicans that went to January 6th to Washington. These were people that became Republicans and believe in Republican values because they believe in faith, family, quality education, freedom of speech, freedom to bear arms, the rights of veterans, common sense things that most people usually agree on. But yet, they had fights and fights and more fights. So we're going to be talking about this. And we're also going to learn about statewide audits that are ongoing. For those who think that 2020 was really a myth and an insurrection, you are sadly mistaken. And my tip for Democrats that are listening This happened to you also. There were people in the Democratic primaries that won, that because of the uh, audits going on, we're finding this out. And we are finding out how things were manipulated so that people that the parties wanted actually won. So you see, we have something in common. We, the common voter who's not in a job at the Board of Elections or doesn't have a judgeship that's tied to, uh, you know, a deal behind the scenes or we're not a committee person. We're not in the know of this. And nobody except our guest today is really working on this. And very few in the media are sharing all this information. My advice to everybody, get smart. Stop wasting time on social media with silly things. And get back to libraries and hard-covered books. Take the time to go to local meetings in your villages, in your towns. Go up to your state capitals and see what's going on. You pay with your tax dollars for those people to have jobs and get all those benefits. It's time you see how your money is working. And I bet if there is a conscious effort by serious people regardless of political party, people who never voted and people who voted for 30 years, we are going to see sanity back in Washington, in our state capitals, and in our local towns and villages. It is really key to get involved and get knowledge and to really research accurately and to voice with others who think like you and don't think like you have healthy debates because from those debates, you gather information and you learn more through investigation. So I'm really happy 
that you are joining me today on this show because it is so important. We are now in January. We have 11 months to vote. We're going to have primaries. We're going to have millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, spent on local elections, which is another whole topic we should be discussing. And we, the people, are ready, willing, and able to do our job and elect people we actually respect and will listen to us because they know America, the way it is right now, is in jeopardy. So sit back and stay tuned. Welcome back to the Jewish Patriot. Now, you don't have to be Jewish to understand that something is not going right in this country in both parties because people are dissatisfied with their local, state, and national government right now. And joining us is Molly Hornick, the director of New York Citizens Audit, and she has been working tirelessly with a group of people to find out what exactly has been going on in our elections since even before 2020, because there are still too many people going to vote and they do not feel safe voting and that their vote really counts. Molly, thank you so much for joining us. And as I keep telling the audience, 2023 is the year of the local elections. And in some ways, it's more important than even the national elections, because those are the people that decide locally who governs you, your tax dollars, and voter integrity. Because if we can't get it right for the local elections, how are we going to get it right for a presidential election next year? So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about 2023. Uh, There's going to be many DAs actually up for election in 2023. People don't think about those races typically as being very significant or exciting because they're not big, flashy candidates. But in fact, those are the people who are making decisions about who's going to get prosecuted in New York State this year or in the next cycle. So I really have to... uh, I'm. Every day I follow you and people talk about the work you do because it's not just opinion. You actually have people doing the research, doing the investigations. And I know you have found over a million uh, issues just in New York State from the 2022 elections. That's amazing. Those 20 could make the difference uh, on both sides of progressives and radicals and actually having politicians work together to solve the problems that are plaguing New York and other states around the country. It's so true. Um, You know, people of both parties or any party really need to realize that if we do not have accuracy in our elections and we do not have operational security in the administration of our elections and we're not following those laws that are created to build operational security, 
then we're really just allowing people to, you know, proclaim whatever they would like. And that harms people of every political party. When the elected officials know that they don't answer to the people, that they answer to those who have the ability to to swing races and horse trade, that is not good for the people, no matter what you know affiliation you carry. And it's uh, it's a travesty, really. And it's a myth that it's just one party and it just started with COVID and mail-in ballots. It's really been going on for a long time. And I guess how I see this is, uh, everybody questions me every time they go into the ballot and look to vote for judges and they see judges are um, endorsed by both major parties and then some of the minor parties as well. That should be a signal right away that party leaderships are working together uh, for their own benefits rather than for the benefits of the actual voter. And that is something that Con, you know, conscientious voters in both parties should be working together on on and having some more transparency. And the same thing happens with the Board of Elections. Yeah, well, one of the problems that a lot of people may not be aware of is that the rules in New York State, the laws that govern who gets on the ballot, who gets to be a candidate, are very strict. And so, for example, um, you'll see Democrat judge candidates on the conservative party line all over New York State. Uh, that's one of the ways, and I'm not excusing this, and I'm not saying this is the only reason it happens, but that's one of the ways that the conservative party could be staying on the ballot because they have to have a certain number of votes in each election in order to maintain their position, which is, you know, that's also, again, how does that serve the interests of we the people? How does that protect our children? How does that address the crisis of overdose that we're facing and the drugs flooding into New York state. How does that address the kids who are believing in these fantasies that their problem is that they're the wrong gender and they need to take hormones and have, you know, life altering irreversible um, medical procedures that will really, that's going to be the solution for them. You know, and meanwhile, it's like they're, they're, I don't know. It's just there's such a huge disconnect between the experience that people are having on the ground and what politicos are choosing to prioritize. And the research that New York Citizens Audit has done proves that there is massive, massive manipulation of the New York State voter database. And no one can be certain about who has been elected. Not me, not elected officials in New York State, not the Board of Elections. No one can tell. It's completely well, it's very chaotic under the under the covers. It's total chaos. I didn't mean to cut you up, but I get phone calls all the time that there is information and documentation that I actually won my primary because I was not the GOP endorsed candidate. I did run as a Trump candidate and they didn't like outsiders. So um, and I'm hearing this from many people. And this happens in both parties. This is not a one party one-time situation. And that's something that we really don't talk about enough. I have to ask you, you found hundreds of thousands of voter ID theft going on. And that wasn't for one party. That was with both parties. And that was throughout the state. How did you get involved with the New York Citizens Audit? And what made you decide to become the face and the voice of voter fraud in an intelligent way? Well, I guess uh, a group of us in New York State uh, found each other through Steve Bannon. He was promoting a a, a larger national kind of umbrella organization around um, 
audits. This was in the fall of 2021 or summer of 2021. And we came together. Someone said, hey, would you be willing to lead this effort? I said, sure. I'm a homeschool mom. I you know, have a homestead. We milk our own goats. We grow our own food. I have a liberty mindset. And I felt that this would be a good use of my time to, you know, help to promote this effort. We never imagined that we would find 1.25 million excess registrations in the New York State database that are constitute criminal identity theft. And each one of them represents a minimum of three felonies. We never imagined that we would uncover 80,000 instances of double voting or triple or quadruple voting by people who could not possibly have done it themselves. It had to be done by someone with internal administrative access to the New York State Voter Database. Because if a voter is granted more than one state unique identifier for voting, so a State Board of Elections ID number, if they have more than one, It doesn't matter. You don't go to the polls and say, I'd like to use my second State Board of Elections ID number now. They ask you, what's your name and address? And then they give you a ballot. So it has to, it's an inside job, has to be an inside job. And, you know, frankly, in 2020, that election was certified with 338,000 more votes cast than voters who voted. And that the, the votes cast comes from the New York State Secretary of State and the voter the number of voters who voted comes from the raw data. It comes from the New York State Voter Database. These are their numbers. And if you had in your bank account, if you were missing $338,000, you would have auditors tearing those books open to try to figure out how in the heck did that happen? Where did that money go? And is there anything else afoot here? Is there anything, is there any other foul play? You can't certify an election that has 338,000 more votes than voters. It's against the law. Certifying means it's accurate, it's provable, and it complies with the law. So I have two questions for you. First of all, I know that uh, even quote-unquote conservative right-wing media, with few exceptions, has ignored your story and it has not been able to help you get out the story. And this is one that really needs to get out, not just from conservatives, but from progressives. They are victims of this just as well. Why isn't the media paying more attention to this? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have an investment personally and financially in the election system one way or another. There are many, many people who work for different political parties there are many, many people who, you know, their business, their their economy is based on the system as it is. And it's very intimidating to have some people come along with data that proves that the system as it is, is disenfranchising people wholesale across New York State. And we have no certainty in the outcome of our elections. And frankly, it's coming at a time when people have many, many concerns across New York State many concerns about the governance that we are living under. People feel that some of the laws that are being passed are unconstitutional. They feel that they, if whether they're constitutional or not, they feel they don't represent our values and our identity and our priorities. No, they don't. So you're representing New York, but I'm sure you are uh, constantly 
asked about other states and what's going on in other states, red states, blue states, purple states. You know, what is happening? Is this a national trend? Are there audits going on around the country? Are you involved with people working on it? I am connected to people in other states. And one of the things that New York Citizens Audit has done, because we uncovered uh, the particular set of information that we call the voter matrix, we've uncovered actual uh, programming infiltration into the New York State voter roll. We have no idea how it got there. We don't know who put it there. So we're not exactly prepared to launch a criminal charge at this time, but it's irrefutable that there is programming within the New York State voter database that disenfranchises people. And it's part of how all of these clone registrations and all of these fake registrations and fake votes are being assigned. That's what experts tell me. So um, we have been working with other states to identify whether they have similar programming in their state voter roll databases. And I can affirm that we have found the exact same programming codes in uh, North Carolina, uh, let's see, Idaho, Ohio. Uh, we've seen signs of it in Pennsylvania. And, and we've actually cracked a completely different set of programming coding in the New Jersey voter roll database. So uh, Houston, we have a huge problem. This is not just New York State. I'd love to talk about the problem more and more. We're going to have you back on a regular basis as we get closer to primaries. Primaries are a big part of this issue. And uh, how can our audience reach out to you? Well, you can go to auditny.com and you can uh, read our deficits report, which details all of our findings regarding the 2020 general election and compares them with state and federal law right there. So, you can see that the laws are being violated and you can see that the number of violations are so outrageous that every person is being impacted in New York State, again, regardless of party. You can also follow us on social media, New York Citizens Audit News on every platform. And I have a personal account on Twitter and Truth Social just at Marley Hornick, and you'll have to figure out how to spell my name. <laughs> H-O-R-N-I-K, Marley Hornick. <laughs> we have to get to a hard commercial. Thank you so much. And we look forward to having you back and working with you. We're going to share the information through our website. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cindy. Welcome back. Joining us now is Thomas Sullivan. Thomas Sullivan and I have something in common. We both are, for lack of a better word, the victims of the county clerk in Queens. My situation involves my lawsuit against the New York Department of Education, where the county clerk is a member of NYSED, a former member, and her daughter, the assemblyman who assemblywoman, 
who claims to have won election night, even though we have information that is different, is also a member of NICET. So there's an education tied to it that ties to my case. But more important, Thomas Sullivan is going to tell you how on election night he was ahead by over 200 votes and through multiple lawsuits and the signature of Audrey Pfeffer, he somehow lost his assembly seat in an area that votes conservative and has gone Republican in many local races. Thomas Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, like I said, you are a victim. And more importantly, the voters in your neighborhood, in your district, regardless of political party, are victims of uh, what seems to be a questionable outcome of the race you ran for assembly in the Rockaway, Queens area of New York. Tell us a little bit about it. So, you know, before we start, Cindy, just wanted to mention, you know, I'm a victim uh, in a sense of uh, manipulation of the courts for the purposes of election. Uh, you, you had mentioned that you're, uh, you're fighting with the department, uh, for the Department of Education with uh, meddling from Audrey Pfeffer. And uh, I've been recently been made aware of that Audrey Pfeffer is using the Housing Preservation Development uh, organization to uh, to help uh, her daughter with uh, out there in the Mitchell-Lama house out there in the Rockaway. So, so we have breaking uh, news here. Thank you very much. Tell us that again, that this is yeah. now a third so, so, situation. So, you know, it, it seems like any time you have anything to deal with these folks, it winds up in the courts and the courts never seem to, to favor the, uh, you know, favor the people no they don't so, uh so your case is department of education the people out in, in in rockaway which which had broken the wave too by the way and, and it all happened after the election uh so uh whether it's the board of elections the department of education or the housing preservation development somehow uh you know they haven't they have a uh a hand in the matters you know so somehow ballots that were not allowed to go election night through the manipulations of lawsuits that uh, Stacey Pfeffer Amato um, filed, somehow the judges who know her mother allowed votes that weren't allowed originally. Correct. So the Department of Elections, the Board of Elections, has a bipartisan committee that reviews uh, these votes, whether mail-in or, uh, or that gets scanned in when it came to the hand count. Uh, they determine that these votes are disqualified for various reasons, and it's not one part or the other. So in, in order to uh, change that, uh, you know, uh, Stacy Pfeffer Amato took us to court, and miraculously, somehow, after that was all done, she made the one-point lead. You know, and um, and at the end of the day, after further lawsuits, I guess to create further cushion, uh, she wound up winning the race with a total of fifteen votes. 
So basically, uh, multiple lawsuits because one wasn't enough. And I could tell you in my situation, when they think this is a Republican or Democrat situation, Stacey Amato Feffa, a member of NYSIT and somebody who works closely with the teachers unions, District 27 and 29 and the districts that are involved with the county uh, clerk's office that have been plagued by failing schools and scandals with uh, superintendents and staff members and nonprofit organizations and even uh, other Democrats, they're not hurting the Republicans mostly. They're mostly hurting the minority Democrats in these areas because they're the ones who are suffering in these schools. So when they say this is a party issue, it's not a party issue. This is just simply an issue of somebody hungry for power and will go to any length to use that power to win. But uh, Look, I couldn't agree with you anymore, right? They want to blame they... Uh, certain Democrats, to include Stacey and, and Audrey Pfeffer Amata, right? They wanted to blame the Republicans. And I would say to you, what Republicans? The governorship is a Republican and uh, is a Democrat and has been Democrat. The Senate has had the majority of Democrats. The Assembly has had a supermajority of Democrats for years, for decades, and, and if you even wanted to go into the city council, I believe we have five Republicans out of a possible 61. And somehow it's the Republicans' fault that this failing education system, in your case, uh, is, is the Republicans' fault. So, you know, well, I, I just find people, that hard to believe. Well, it kind of is a little bit of the Republicans' fault because these committees that decide who runs for judges, I keep hearing this over and over again, and I'm stressing this in 2023 with local elections. We've got to start to question how people become judges on the Democratic line and the Republican line and on the conservative line and on the, you know, the same person. We wouldn't do that in a bigger, uh, you know, in a Senate race or uh, a governor's race. But why do we allow all these judges who, where do the judicial system is supposed to be separate from the political system? It has become so political. Oh, 100%. And listen, I, I had, I had my questions about the election process, uh, going into this and, and having done it before, uh, certainly, uh, but after this whole process, my, my biggest concern is the judicial process. I now fear the judicial process and what they can do to uh, to an individual who's just looking for a fair, fair shake at the end of the day. And after multiple court ex, uh, appearances and uh, lots of money and time, uh, they got the better of us. And it was the courts that decided who was going to be the next assemblyman in the 23rd Assembly District, not the people. And it turns off people like it. Let's be realistic. Thomas Sullivan is not an extremist. He's not a, somebody who was January 6th, even if though you're allowed to peacefully protest outside in public. Thomas is a, a respected veteran. He has um, a generations of family business and uh, community service in the area he ran in. This is not a, this is not a man that you would consider a threat to society 
Uh, he is soft-spoken. And he honestly, he's not even the fighter where he would talk about conspiracies or anything until he became a victim himself. But worse than himself being a victim, the people in his district are a victim because where are they ever going to trust a local election again, watching what happened to him? You, you know, I, I, I appreciate the characterization. I, I've been in the financial industry for 30 years and there's no politics in the office. You know, you serve, you serve your clients no matter who they are. Uh, where they come from, uh, and I've been doing that for 30 years. I've been in the military for 30 years, and I've I've taken units from Queens, New York, to Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, in in three different occasions. Uh, and and frankly, my units were the most diverse units in the entire United States, and in the military, uh, race, creed color, none of it matters. We, we all wear the same uniform. Politics don't matter. Um, unfortunately, I see it mattering here now, most recently over the last year or two uh, as a 30-year veteran. And it's a shame because for so long we hold the standard that we all serve under the same flag and wear the same color. Well, we're going to keep up with you and we're going to keep fighting the fight with you because you represent the future of America, uh, the future of discussing voter integrity. And this is the year of the local elections and this is happening in New York, but this is happening all over the country. Calls are coming in, emails to me. Cindy, what's going on in New York is happening in my area and it's a Republican area. So we really have to thank, in some respects, some of the people that fought for those 15 different uh, votes last week because people are trying very hard to bring some um, transparency and accountability to Washington and with people like you on their state capitals and in their local community towns and villages. Thomas Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the listeners um, and our audience follow you and follow your story because unfortunately most media refuses to discuss this right now. Well, you know, because of the nature of my, 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 uh, civilian business and occupation, um, I am out there on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I have my own webpage, um, for the, for the elections, uh, um, Twitter, Instagram, and many people have told me, you know, you have way too much information out there. So it's easy to find me. It's easy to find out who I am and what I'm about and my experiences in life, my education. And I would just like to end, uh, you know, please take a look. And uh, because you'll find that I'm a very experienced, uh, very well-educated candidate in this matter and uh, just a, a, a neighborhood person from queens well we hope you don't give up the fight because we need people like you across the country who were victims of questionable uh court decisions for people's votes not their votes so thank you so much for joining the jewess patriot no thank you so much for having me and i'll be out there to give make sure people have a choice you have a great thank day you, you too bye-bye
Welcome back. Here's another pearl of wisdom I want to share with you. Hollywood started its award season, and God bless Hollywood, only Hollywood could award itself for losing $500 billion last year. Think about it. Most people that would lose that kind of money would hide, but they're making a party and they're celebrating. And I have to tell you, as someone who really loves Hollywood, who worked with so many people from the MGM days at the beginning of her career, and who really used to stay up all night and watch everything from the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and everything else. I don't care. I don't even know who the host was this week at the Golden Globes. More importantly, nobody cares. Only Hollywood would accept at an award ceremony an actress whose husband owns a fashion design house that exploits children in a very unprofessional way. I'm, you know who I'm talking about. Or only Hollywood honors vulgarity in such a way that it's such a turnoff that families cannot watch TV together. It's that syndrome of there's so much on TV and so many choices between streaming or going, you know, no one's going to the movies, let's face it. So everybody's streaming. And yet everybody says the same thing. There's nothing to watch. You know, gone are the days when we actually admired our actors and actresses, our screenwriters, our directors. But you know what? Hollywood took a business that was created in America, made billions and trillions on it, and actually helped states and cities throughout the country when they went on location. They actually helped businesses like restaurants and hotels, makeup artists in the neighborhoods, anybody that worked within a union and without a union. Now, they've destroyed an industry because they've taken everything overseas. It's everything but America. If you're like me, you don't even know most of the movies or most of the people nominated. Best foreign film should be the main film because nobody knows what's going on. And what's even sadder is that the people like Steven Spielberg, who actually was one of the creators of the woke society and did everything he can to help out minorities, including adopt a a child from a minority family. Let's face it. Hollywood doesn't have the respect for him that it once did. Even if he wins some of the awards and some of the critics awards, I can tell you the Jewish crowd that supports him usually isn't running to the movies to see his movie. Either they're too old and very concerned about the new uh, variants that are going around and don't want to sit in a movie theater and wear a mask, or they just don't care. They're tired of being told by people like him how to vote and what issues we should be concerned about. So it's a no-win situation for anyone. So my advice to Hollywood Stop dictating to people in the movies. We want to escape. We want to be proud of where we live and what we do. We want the movies that have pride in America, 
pride in our states, pride in our families, and take us away from $10 a dozen eggs, from COVID discussions, from discussions of corruption in our politics or corruption in businesses. We are tired. Why was World War II such a big time, the golden age in Hollywood? Because people went to the movies to escape. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have fax machines, which even young people today don't even use. They were able to concentrate on good entertainment. And they had a wide variety of choices. Today, we have some few actors we really respect that we keep repeating award winners, whether it's Olivia Coleman, whether it's Kate Blanchett, whether it's Francis McDormand, whether it's, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, if he was still working, he'd still be nominated and probably win. We are limiting ourselves in so many ways, hurting our economy, hurting our ideas for social and escaping and our mental stability by using the tools of entertainment for a few political views that not everybody shares. You could read more about my thoughts on my column in Reactionary Times, and it's on the various websites that this show is shared on. We'll be right back. Our next guest won on election night overwhelming and was able to flip a seat in the 26th state Senate district in New York. But Democrats were not willing to admit defeat easily and did everything they can to try to stop Lester Chang, the first Republican Asian elected to office in New York. And I am very happy to say because of his perseverance and his strong following, he was sworn in in Albany and is part of the state Senate and is part of a trend of flipping seats in the five boroughs. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Well, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Just a small correction. I'm a, a, a New York State Assemblyman. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, thank you very much. And it's a, it's a strong fight. It's a tough fight. And every obstacle, everywhere I'm going, is uh, they put the uh, obstacle in front of me. And, and they try to vote me out or expel me as, as we speak. Because uh, I, I believe the Democrats don't view me as Asian now. I think they view me as just a Republican who got lucky and, and just won an impossible odd. And just on a technicality. So... So the so they want I I still don't understand why they would still want to want to get me out because they have a super majority. One more doesn't doesn't change the optics or change the the legislative. It's not one fifty fifty. I think they were angry, just plain sour grapes. First of all, you you represent a group that uh, Democrats have taken for granted, and. Your voice is going to be a national voice and a face, a national face 
of the new Republican and conservative party because you did run on both party lines. Also, you represent uh, values that challenge the Democrats right now. Family values, religious values, hate crime with bail reform values. Uh, Like the Jewish community, the Asian community has seen alarming numbers of being victims of hate crimes. And since 2021, we have seen Asians, for the first time, go in numbers to the polls and voice their concerns. I'm sure going to Albany, these are some of the concerns you're going to voice. Those issues, what you mentioned eloquently, are very similar values, Asian and, and, and Jewish. But also, that's what got me elected, bottom line. I never denigrate or criticize my, my opponent during a campaign. The only thing I mentioned about that, that my opponent voted and supported cashless bail. That's all I said. And issues got me got me going, not not denigrating. And those issues are going to be a tough fight because the majority are Democrats. Correct. Very tough fight. And like you said, you don't understand why they were fighting it was a supermajority because Brooklyn flipped two seats <laughs> and Queens flipped a seat. And we saw how in Congress, the difference of a Republican majority came from the state of New York, where we have 11 representatives. We never... I don't even remember if we ever had 11 representatives from all across the the state, including the five boroughs. So that is the concern of Democrats. But Les, we've discussed, and this is a national show, and more important, tell us how. We keep hearing how Republicans cry foul. You were the victim of Democrats crying foul in your uh, victory. Tell us how that uh, the response of the public and what actually happened, if you can, in a few short words. Well, the, right now, after after one, the, the challenges was my residency uh, of my my uh, apartment in Manhattan, even though I lived in Brooklyn. So that was the issue. They have they could have challenged during the petitioning process early this year in April, but they didn't do anything at all until I finally win at incredible odds, then you finally look at these issues as, as, uh, as trying to knock me out. And that's the bottom line is knocking, knocking me out on that. So well, it's a residency issue, but I'm ready. And even the New York Times now has supported your victory, your swearing in. And what uh, committees are you going to be working on? And what uh, would be maybe your top three? There were so many we've discussed, but what are the top three top issues you want to work on where you can make a difference in Albany? Okay, they gave me five. Out of that five, two I, two I really wanted it. First is uh, the one I really wanted that got me is education and housing. Fantastic. Then I got aging. Then I got banking. And finally, social services. And that's where I can help uh, quite a bit for the non, uh, nonprofit uh, organization in both our communities as well. That I can hopefully can fund and and, and uh, support those support all those programs. Well, I know you are a problem solver. You look for solutions. I know you don't give up easily, and you're going to be back on the show with us as 
your term goes on and you te- you share the voice of Asian Americans across the country. They're going to be looking for you for leadership. And we are so excited to have Assemblyman-elect and sworn in Lester Chang with the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.